Hi, welcome to episode 34 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. This week, I want to talk to you about the future of metal detecting. I chat about how a move to a cashless society will negatively affect the sport and some technological advances that may have a positive impact on the hobby. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link will be in the show notes. If you would like to buy me a coffee, you actually can do so now with www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting and lastly and most importantly if you like this content please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button okay this week i want to talk to you about the future of metal detecting i have seen online many people attempting this but inevitably they talk about the history of the metal detector which i have covered before and Bitcoin, and the cashless society, which I also will discuss. But very few have tried to put on a futuristic hat and look at what technological advances have been made outside the hobby and how they can impact it, such as faster, cheaper, smaller processing power, material science, environmental science, and advances in legislation and society. As you can see, there are many areas that the hobby could progress or regress. So there is some good news, but also some bad news. And I'm afraid I'm going to start with the bad news. If you are a park or beach detectorist, you will be aware of this already. And that is society's move towards a cashless economy with companies like Apple, Google and most banks, as a matter of fact, offering a cashless payment system. You now have decentralized banks such as Revolut offering a virtual banking experience online. And here we go. Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, really all have the accumulative effect that people are no longer carrying around with them cold hard cash or at least not as much as they used to even the humble debit card is having an effect less cash floating around the economy can only mean one thing and that is less cash or coins to drop on the beach or in the park now i would think that's fine as most modern coins in the system are pretty crap and of no value beyond what the government has printed on the face of the coin. So what's the big deal I hear you say? Well, as a beach detectorist, I am normally coin shooting with the hope of hitting a gold ring or a piece of jewellery. It is these crap coins that dull the pain of the long periods between top finds. It's like a gambling addiction. It's not the wins that are addictive, it's the near wins. And every coin found on the beach is a near win to a gold ring or a piece of jewellery. Take that away and what's left for beginners to get hooked on? The time between wins will be too protracted requiring an exercise in patience before the hobby sticks to them. So potentially we have less people engaging in the hobby in the future. That's great for people in the hobby right now, right? Well, no. If there is no turnover of people joining the hobby, there will be no one purchasing metal detectors or any of the many accessories we go through each year. And if there is no profit to be made, then companies will fold. And if there's no competition, there will be no advances in technology designed to one-up the other guy. I'll get on to technology later, but it's not all doom and gloom. This only affects beach and park detectorists. 
field or relic detectors will not be as affected by this at all. Also, if you reside in the United States of America, then this cashless society will not be a problem for you guys, as cashless payments are expected to stay flat well into the 30s, while in Europe it is expected to double in the next three years alone, when cashless transactions are expected to hit, wait for it, 493 billion transactions per year. So beach and park hunting will have to change. But how? Well, if you think about it, although the number of coins people carry about with them will drop, the number of electronic items will increase. We already see the advent of mobile phones and now wireless headphones, some worth several hundreds of dollars increasing in our finds pouch. Considering that the average mobile phone is worth in scrap value something equivalent to a small 14 carat wedding band, we need to start paying attention to this, and in particular e-waste. This is a find that will only increase in value over the years, so pay attention to those headphones you found. Now field hunters, don't get comfortable there. There is a little bad news for you too, I'm afraid. I know some of you are experiencing the impact of this environmental progress already, and that is the use of contaminated green waste. If you're not familiar what green waste is and how it would affect a hobby, well, green waste is what happens to your compostable household waste that you may be required to separate for collection by your local authorities or council. This is gathered up and mixed with other green waste from commercial sites and land clearances. This all gets mulched up and sold back to farmers so they can spread on their crops as fertilizer. Now, what happens is there is no regulation on what's in the mulch, so inevitably you get different qualities of green waste, and at the low quality end, you get green waste contaminated with mulched up trash including metals, which as you can imagine cause havoc for us detectorists. Low quality green waste is one area that both metal detectorists and archaeologists agree. Its usage is purely based on being a cost-effective way to dispose of waste. It is essentially creating a trash dump, but miles wide and an inch deep. And unless there is regulation of the quality, this has potential to destroy the hobby and has already rendered some parts of the UK unsearchable. The fact that this is a cost-effective way to dispose of waste leads me to believe that the politicians are more ready to adopt this as a positive effect to the bottom line making it easy for them to ignore the cost to the cultural heritage of their counties and countries. Other environmental advancements that potentially can have an adverse effect on the hobby is farm pesticides and chemicals that are sprayed on the crops. These have been shown to have a negative impact on the quality of fines due to chemical corrosion. So the price of progress is not all good people, but there are some aspects of progress that will absolutely have a positive impact on the hobby. For example, looking at the potential impact of technology on the hobby. Take, more, take, take Moore's Law, for example, which indicates that processing power will double every 18 months, while in that period the chip's size will half. So right now we are actually in the pinnacle of this, giving us access to low-cost, high-power processors, which the newest detectors are slowly taking advantage of. For example, if your detector can update its software or can connect wirelessly to your coil or headphones, then it is safe to say you are using a high-power, low-cost microprocessor. But I think it is with the recent addition of the Equinox series of detectors from MindLab with multi-frequency that we are seeing the full potential of cheap microprocessors being utilized with several other manufacturers clambering to follow 
But what potential do these microprocessors bring? Well, for example, higher speed signal processing, which allows for better resolution and recovery of the signal. But if you ask me, the future will be if these manufacturers adopt machine learning, often confused for artificial intelligence, which is an altogether bigger concept around mirroring human intelligence, of which machine learning is a subset. Anyways, machine learning is about giving software the ability to receive several inputs, learning from these inputs, and using what it has learned to predict the outcome of the next set of inputs. Machine learning has the ability to discern patterns from data that no human could see or understand. So I'm saying the metal detector of the future will adopt machine learning to predict if a find is good or bad. Metal detectors will no longer focus on the metal makeup of a find as such, as that will no longer matter. All that will matter is that the find is desirable and what probability your detector indicates the likelihood it will be a good find. How will this work? Well, if you're familiar with machine learning, you will know that there's a learning phase of the process, which is essentially some feedback telling the machine learning software that this is a good find or this is a bad find. The learning normally happens via human input. So in our metal detector analogy, the software would gather all the inputs, for example, the depth, the type of metal, the mineralization of the soil, on and on, and would predict if a find was good or bad. The user would dig the find and then feedback to the software by a button press whether the find was desirable or not. The software takes this feedback and alters its prediction for the next set of inputs from the coils and signal processing. This continues with the detecting machine learning all the time. However, for this to be effective, this cycle has to be done thousands of times, which is well beyond the ability of one detector to do. So for this to work in the real world, we adopt a collective approach where thousands of metal detectorists upload their hunt data and download a pattern based on the previous upload, but a pattern that is improved and more accurate than the pattern before. A metal detector would need to be specifically designed to capture this feedback from the operator, who has an understanding of the requirement to share data. Essentially, everyone has a part to play in the accuracy of the metal detector. I can see this working where if a detectorist is happy to share their data, they get to purchase the metal detector at a low cost, while if a detectorist declines to share the data, then they pay a premium to download the latest data. This pattern data can be utilized across several models of detector, allowing the collective cloud of data to grow and become more accurate. It will be possible right now to program a cheap microprocessor to do this. So MindLab Garrett, if you want more info, hit me up. I'd gladly elaborate for a percentage. Another development that will affect the future of the hobby is community design. What are you talking about, Kieran? Well, anyone who has a Simplex or an Equinox will know this. This is the production by individuals in small batches of accessories and replacement parts. Look at the Equinox, for example, and all the problems it had with the shaft. This, I imagine, was a big concern for MindLab at the time, but once the community got together and designed a carbon fibre replacement, this was no longer a problem for MindLab, as it became fashionable to have a carbon fibre shaft, something which MindLab didn't offer, and something people were changing whether they had a problem with the shaft or not. Just a few years ago, I needed a bracket for my CTX, and did a search online for CTX 3D printed parts, and it returned one part, one part only. A bracket that I still use today to hang my detector safely in the shed. Just search for Equinox 3D printed parts in Google today and you will see pages and pages of versions of parts 
from coil bolts to new arm cuffs some people are even printing and selling these so a whole industry of bespoke small batch detector parts has cropped up with the advent of the 3d printer People are suggesting improvements online and forums and it is inevitable that there will be someone with a 3D printer designing it as they speak. 3D printing has allowed repeated cheap iterations and improvements augmenting the user experience of the detector and this will continue to get better in the future allowing a more dynamic design process for future detectors. In fact future brands I believe will adopt a robust manufacturing process utilizing standard fittings that allow people to easily swap out or repair parts. Now pulling machine learning and 3D printing together. There is research and development ongoing right now that is using machine learning to develop, optimize and fine tune radio antennas generating weird and wonderful shapes which can only be manufactured with 3D printing using metallic filament. It is not a large stretch of the imagination to assume that future coils, which are essentially a pair of antennas, will be produced using this research and production method. So watch out for some weird coil configurations coming your way. Finally, something that we already have, but that is beyond the purse of most detectorists, and that is ground penetration imaging. Right now, for example, we have the Nocta Macro Invenio Pro, which retails at approximately $8,000. These beasts are supposedly using artificial intelligence, I'm sure they mean machine learning here, and is what has been categorized as a 3D imaging metal detector. Despite the spin, it is clear that this detector is at the cutting edge of finds visualization. And as you know, all things that are at the cutting edge are expensive and full of problems. However, it won't be long before the price drops and all the bugs are ironed out. For example, these detectors, although it can detect small objects, for example, it can't visualize if these objects are a ring or a coin. But watch this space, as research done here is bound to leak into future consumer metal detectors. So to quickly recap, the future of metal detecting is bad for coin shooting on beaches and parks. E-waste will have a big part to play as detectors will start to realize the value in dropped and lost electronics. Field detectorists will have to contend with low-quality green waste target masking out the good targets and future metal detectors will utilize machine learning, 3D printing and data connectivity and community design to ensure up-to-date programs and patterns and dynamic repair and design. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, if you have enjoyed this episode, we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down and happy hunting. <laughs>